The Major Spoilers Podcast is sponsored in part by the Mid-Ohio Con, October 3rd and 4th in Columbus, Ohio. For more information, visit midohiocon.com. The show is also sponsored in part by Past Generation Toys. Past Generation Toys has a large selection of Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Marvel toys. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. In this issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast, we're joined by none other than Spider-Man himself, Josh Keaton from the Disney XD Spectacular Spider-Man series. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So one of the things, we've talked to some other uh, voice actors before and kind of got their background. How did you get into voice acting? Um, it was something that I kind of fell into by accident, uh, to be honest. it was uh, I started out as an on-camera actor, and, uh, and I still am an on-camera actor. But uh, when I was younger, there would be these uh, animated shows that I would get sent out on uh, to go on auditions by my on-camera agent. Uh, some of well, the, the most notable ones would be uh, the Back to the Future animated series right. uh, and Peter Pan and the Pirates. And those were, again, things that I was just submitted by my on-camera agent, went on them pretty much like any other audition. Didn't really think uh, too much more into it. It was, it was really fun doing it at the time, but I, I didn't even know that there was a whole other a whole other world of, uh, of, of job possibilities with, uh, with voiceover. Um, and it wasn't until I did Hercules, the Disney animated movie, that, mm-hmm. um, that, that became very apparent to me, and I, I signed with a, a dedicated voiceover agent who, uh, who really you know, took, helped me take things to the next level. When we look at the varying types of voice actors, we have people that do mimics, that, that try to impersonate a specific voice. We have people sure. that uh, do wild and crazy what we would consider cartoon voices. And then we have those people that are just the voice. And I guess the, the one that comes to mind is is uh, is uh, Clancy. Um, what's his name? Not Clancy Brown. Uh, who does the voice of Lex Luthor and, and some of those others that are just that presence. They just have to step in. What kind of category yeah, do you see yourself fitting into? Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I guess I'm kind of like the Peter Parker. I'm the everyman. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, I've, I've voiced a lot of just the, the, you know, the average teen guy, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll be cast as actually a lot of times I end up getting cast as like the cool teen, which is really funny because when I was a teenager, I was the furthest thing from cool. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, and then every now and then I, I always get cat or not always. See what I'm saying now? I'm saying every now and then I always. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <sure. laughs> I need more caffeine. But uh, yeah, I, I a lot of times tend to get cast as uh, as the bully or the all around uh, asshole as well. Oh, um, so yeah, I mean, it's I, I guess I guess it kind of goes by by age. Uh, usually, when you're younger, you're kind of playing what you are. Um, and there are some exceptions. And then as you get older and, and your, uh, your abilities get honed and, and you become more skilled, then, uh, then, yeah, then you can start taking on doing the uh, experimenting, coming up with other voices. And then, uh, and then voice matching is, is a totally, totally different thing because it's, it, it actually goes beyond just mimicking somebody's voice. You, you need to kind of live in that voice. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to, uh, to play a part as if you're acting no differently than you would act as yourself, but in that voice with the those mannerisms and, and lilts and all that—that's that's a whole whole other uh, thing. I've I've actually done some voice matching, but uh, man, that's that's I, I really have a lot of respect for guys that can do that because that's that's uh, that's amazing. Oh yeah, definitely. And and you were saying, you know, you were younger. You did the voice of uh, what Jules Brown from the Back to yes. the Future series. What was that experience yes, kind of like? That was awesome. That was that was a. Uh, 
aside from Peter Pan and the Pirates, and well, I actually did some Peanuts stuff back in the day too when I was really young. Wow. I, I was Linus for a little while, which is that's super cool. Um, but uh, yeah, Peter, uh, not Peter Pan. Uh, Back to the Future was actually a great experience. I got to work with Dan Castellaneta, who everybody knows. Uh-huh. Uh, he played uh, he played Doc in the animated segments, and Christopher Lloyd played him in uh, the beginning and end live action little bookends that they had. Right. Um, and uh, and then a lot of the rest of the cast was was straight from the movie. Uh, I, I'm I'm almost positive Mary Steenburgen was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Wilson was in it. Um, Michael J. Fox was not in it. We had uh, uh, David Kaufman. David Kaufman, he's actually a good friend of mine, and he he uh, he's done Michael J. Fox's voice uh, for many many projects. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was a great experience. We all got to read together in the room, and um, I actually lost a couple teeth on that oh, really? on that uh, on that that show. Yeah, the, me and the kid that played Vern, um, there was a pool table at this recording studio. And we were kids, man. We were just horsing around. And instead of playing billiards, um, we decided that it would be more fun to just kind of fling the balls across the uh, surface of the table. Ooh, ouch. And one of them uh, happened to fly up off the table and smack me right in the mouth. And I, it, it didn't hurt. It was, it was over so fast, it didn't hurt. And then I realized that the little things that I felt at the bottom of my mouth were not oh. uh, food or anything I eat. They were pieces <laughs> of my teeth. And oh. that's when it started hurting, and that's when I was like, oh, no. But, uh, yeah, everything everything worked out. But, well, uh, you certainly don't have to worry. You, you don't have to worry about slamming into things as, as the spectacular Spider-Man. All that action takes place on the screen. How, what, drew, exactly. what, what drew you to the Spider-Man character? Um, well, aside from being a lifelong fan, um, it, was, it was something that, again, I was sent out to uh, audition for. I think they auditioned about 3,000 people. Um, and they just kept narrowing it down. But yeah, I mean, this is something that I've always wanted to do. It's, it's being, being a fan of, of comics in general and a lot of comic book properties and, and sci-fi uh, things. Um, there's a lot of things that I would love to do, but it's, I, I can't say that there was ever a time where I said, where I actually said, I, at some point in my life, will play Spider-Man. Um, it was probably something that just seemed like it would never happen to me. So it was like, well, you know, if it happens, it happens. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, I would say that aside from it just being an audition, there wasn't really anything that, that particularly drew me to it. But mm-hmm. once I heard that I was going to be auditioning for it, then, oh, you better believe that I was out doing <laughs> all the research that I could. And, and I mean, they, just to really get extra nuance, because, again, I, I grew up reading Spidey. I grew up watching Spidey. So mm-hmm. I, I really already had a, a pretty close connection to the character. Not to mention that in high school, I pretty much was this guy, except for the powers. <laughs> I really was a dork. And, um yeah. So well, so how do you then? You know, you said there was a huge number of people that were auditioning for this role. How did you prepare for this role besides the research, or or what actually do you think helped you nail this this part? I, honestly, I gotta say it was being a Spidey fan because really? I mean, just just in terms of reading the the audition sides, and for those that are not familiar, sides are what they call the the script that you read when you go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so uh, just looking at the audition sides, I, I immediately knew who I was talking to based on my knowledge of the franchise, based on my knowledge of the Spider-Man canon. I knew who the relationships were with these people that I was talking to. So I was able to go in there into the audition knowing a lot more than just the average actor that may or may not have ever read Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that definitely comes across because, uh, you know, with this show, they, they really tr- like to try to keep it uh, as, as realistic and, and almost... Uh, on camera ish as possible, and 
a lot of a lot of animated shows have actually been doing that, trying to keep a more serialized uh, storytelling and the more, uh, I guess, natural delivery. Right. Now, how do you guys do your season? Do you go in each week to record stuff, or are you recording everything all at once? How, how does your season work? Um, well, when we're when we're not on hiatus, yeah, it's it's uh, it's usually one episode a week. They'll uh, have an eight hour day, mm-hmm. and they'll break up that eight hours into two separate sessions. And, uh, and and they'll split up the cast, and half the cast will record the first half of the day, half the cast will record the second half of the day. And that's mainly just because you, know, you only have a limited amount of space in the actual recording booth. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it'd be comfortable to sit maybe 10 people in there, but there's mm-hmm. no way you'd be able to really fit 20 people in there. Uh, and, and I love that they do that because uh, it actually gives the actors a chance to work together as opposed to just being in a room by yourself. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. We talked with, uh, I think it was uh, Tom Kane, who does the voice of Yoda, and he's yes. actually he's actually off-site. He, I think he's in Kansas City doing his, his voice roles over the, uh, over the internet and piping those in. But then we talked with uh, D. Bradley Baker, and he's constantly running back and forth from one studio lot to another to record his bits. Is that kind of how your day ends up with? I mean, uh, certainly you go in yeah, once a week. Yeah, I, I, but... I drive a lot. I actually had, uh, I had to get a different car because the gas was killing me when oh. it was super, super high, higher than it is now, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I got, I got a Mini Cooper so I could, you know, drive around town and, and not, not get killed by the gas. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my day would probably resemble these more. Um, however, I am in the process of putting a, a studio, an ISDN studio, in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, not so that I could just, you know, veg out here, although it would be the dream, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it, it, it actually opens up more opportunity because, yeah, I mean, if I can work from here and it's like a last-minute thing and, you know, a client needs something to get done right away, then I'll, I'll be able to, to have that capability. You know? And, mm-hmm. and it's also, I'd also be able to work uh, the projects that, that book out in New York. And so there's, there's a lot of benefits to having that option as well. But, uh, yeah, for the, for the present time, I'm, I'm driving around like, like a madman. Well, and that's, of course, less work that you can do if you're spending 45 minutes or an hour in between, uh, in between jobs as you're stuck in traffic. Oh, yeah, and that's, that's a conservative estimate. I'd say that uh, <laughs> probably a good, a good three hours of every day is probably just driving. Well, I'm looking at your Internet Movie Database listing, and you've got, my goodness, things that go back. I mean, you're just slightly younger than I am, and uh, you've got a resume that is so impressive. And I'm looking here Thank at your last three pieces that it's got listed. It's got the Spectacular Spider-Man, which we said is airing on uh, Disney XD. Uh, yes, and the uh, season one DVD is is out right now. Oh yeah, that that you know that is a great show. I've, I've just got to say, from everything that we've watched and we've witnessed, that is that is a show that's really come together a lot better than I thought it would when uh, oh, when we started hearing about it. You also did Dude, a voice. We've, uh, really enjoyed making it. You've also done a voice in Terminator Salvation. Yes. And then you've also got a video game coming out, uh, or uh, it is out now. Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, yes, yes. That that uh, I can I can wear with pride the fact that that game was <laughs> panned as perhaps the worst game of the decade. Oh boy! <laughs> it uh, that it was it was uh, a lot of stuff went together to make that happen the way it did though. Uh, the the company that was producing the game basically got swallowed up in a merger, hmm. and the project was shelved at like maybe 60% completion and the company that acquired it just put it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they didn't finish the game at all. So, I mean, you'll have so many play control problems and frame oh. rate issues and uh, character models that don't look right and sound that doesn't sound right. And, uh, and not to mention they didn't really consult with uh, 
with uh, Artie Lowe, who created Leisure Suit Larry right. uh, on any of it, so it doesn't really have a lot of that Larry feel. Uh, oh. And it was disappointing because it, it was a game that I was really looking forward to to, uh, to play because I, I grew up on Leisure Suit Right, Larry. right. It was hilarious. And, and uh, you know, they had a lot of great voice talent in there, but, uh, you know, just, just putting all the ingredients together doesn't necessarily uh, mean that you're going to have a gourmet meal. You know? Right. Well, and again, going back to this list and even going back further, it seems to flip. You'll do some voiceover work for television, such as King of the Hill, and then it's back into video games. Are you finding for, for voice actors that there's a lot more opportunities available now in the video game industry than there ever have been? Uh, well, yeah, uh, without a doubt, because uh, well, just with technology becoming the way it is and, and, uh, and the fact that, that a lot of these console games have they're really trying to turn them almost into playable movies. Um, so they're really, they're really focusing a lot more attention on the cutscenes. And mm-hmm. uh, that, I mean, one of the main reasons I even wanted to do voiceovers for video games is that I'm a huge gamer and I love playing video games. And, um, you know, back in the day when they first started putting cutscenes in that had voice acting, um, I won't mention any, any games, but, uh, they were awful. I mean, there were oh, yeah. so many of them that, that you would be watching them. I mean, you would just want to, Hit hit the button to to make it go away so that you can keep playing because uh, the voice acting was so atrocious, the pacing was bad. There was there was just it had nothing going on that it really did a disservice to the story. It took you out of the out of the moment and made you want to go past it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and when I play video games, I like I, I don't just like button smashing. I, I I like the full immersion into. The story. I like. I like seeing how they decided to you know, frame this and how, where they put the camera and how I like watching it play out. Right. And, uh, and, and there's a huge, huge disservice done to that when, uh, when, when the story doesn't get conveyed. So that was, uh, that was definitely one of my, my main reasons for wanting to do video game voiceover. I wanted to make them more enjoyable for people like me, you know, so that when you're watching it, you're like, Oh, cool. This is, <laughs> this is getting good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, it's, you know, I got to give hats off to everybody that does the great voice acting in, in those video games because it can make or break uh, a title. Oh, yeah. I was just, uh, you know, me and my wife, my wife's a gamer as well, and, and we were just playing Fable 2. Fable 2's got some great voiceover acting, and I think they mm-hmm. just did that all out of, out of the UK. Wow. I didn't even know anybody that was in that game, but great, great, great voiceover acting. Oh, that's cool. I, I was looking here, it looks like your connection to Spider-Man doesn't end with just the spectacular Spider-Man series. You did some voice work in the Spider-Man 3 video game, but then when we get up to, uh, what was it, in 2007, you did the voice of the new Goblin in Spider-Man Friend or Foe. Yes, well, actually, interesting story about the the Spider-Man video games. Uh, When I originally did the first Spider-Man PlayStation uh, video game, Mm -hmm. actually, I think it was PlayStation 2. Not positive, um, but yeah, it was, it was the video game that was coming out to support the first movie. Um, I was originally cast as Spider-Man, and I did all of the audio, did recorded basically the entire game. Mm-hmm. And then once that was done, they ended up getting clearance to use Toby's audio from the movie, so oh. they were going to use that. However, they didn't want to waste all the stuff they had recorded with me, so they put in kind of like this little hidden mode of play where once you beat the game, then you could play through it again as Harry Osborn in the Green Goblin suit. Oh, cool. And so I basically became their de facto Harry Osborn. So when uh, when Spider-Man 2 came out and they were doing the game to support that, um, Treyarch called me back um, for Harry because that's what I ended up being in the first one. And then Friend or Foe, that was a totally different publisher. I don't I don't think it was the same guy, but uh, yeah, I got I got hired for Harry on that. And the guy that plays Harry on our show was Spider-Man in Friend or Foe. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. It all kind of yeah, it's uh, it's it's this weird web pardon the pun, 
um, that that goes on <laughs> with with the casting. But uh, again, it's it's every game that comes out um, for the most part has a different publisher and a totally different staff behind it, totally different casting people, totally different producers and creative directors. So. Um, even if it's going to be the same franchise, unless it's a game that has more oversight, like let's just say there was a studio that was promoting a movie that was really, really involved in the casting of the video game, which is usually never how it happens. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, most of the time, just because it's the same franchises, you're not going to see the same talent in it all the time. Yeah, but you had mentioned this interesting connection between Harry Osborne and you, and and you know back and forth. Is there a lot? I mean, is there a a lot of competition for landing these voice roles, or now that you're into a, a certain level, is it much easier for you to get these jobs? Um, I, I would say that that there's there's a, a yes and a little bit of a no. It is much easier for me to get a lot of these jobs because, uh, I mean, it's a very small industry, so I mean, right. you're, you end up working with a lot of the same voice directors, a lot of the same producers, um, a lot of the same networks. And when they know you and know that you can deliver what they need, uh, it makes it a lot easier for them to hire you. However, I, I still have to audition. And, and voiceover is probably one of the most competitive fields in the world. I mean, everybody wants to get into voiceover, and everybody's always trying to, to do it. So there's there's a constant influx of new people coming in. There's there's always competition. So, yeah, no, I, I always got to stay on my toes because there's a uh, – you know, it, it – it does get a little bit easier, but it, it never becomes something that's, that's just effortless. So then what are some tips then that you can give to some of these people that are wanting to get on board and, and get into this field? Um, the first thing that I would say would be to uh, work, work more on acting skills than, than voice, because mm-hmm. voice is what it is. Um, I can say that I've been the, most of the things that I've been hired for have been my speaking voice or some variation of my speaking voice. I, I have voiced some uh, weird sounding characters and I have done other uh, voices, more cartoony voices. But for the most part, a lot of people get hired for what they sound like normally. So what you want to do, you want to be able to uh, be a good enough actor where you can convey everything that needs to be conveyed with only your voice. Um, and a lot of people overlook that. They, they tend to say, oh, I can do this, this guy's voice really well. Well, but that guy does his voice and gets hired for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you really want to work on, on yourself. That's, that would be my, my best advice. Um, but definitely work on acting. Acting, improvisation. Improvisation is really big because you do have a little bit of creative freedom. Um, you don't want to insist upon it. Like there's a lot of times where the writing works and, and you want to mess with it, but every now and then you'll go into a job and they're a lot more open to ad-libbing and, and kind of filling in things here and there. And improv helps a lot with that and cold reading skills. You need to be able to pick up a script and look at it and make immediate sense of it and just be able to, to relate it as if, as if it's coming out of your head extemporaneously. Um, and, and that's, that's a, a skill that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, a lot oh, of people yeah. can't do that. And, and that's something that, that is so imperative because especially in voiceover, you, because it's a small industry and because a lot of people are really used to working with people that do it day in and day out, they're going to, they're going to expect it to happen quickly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that would be, that would be, uh, my other little piece of advice. And then, uh, for, for getting yourself out there, just, uh, you got to put together a demo and shorter is better. Uh, your demo should not be over a minute long, and it should just, in that minute, um, show what you can do. And, and you don't necessarily have to have uh, tons and tons of different voices. They, they want to be able 
to see that you can maintain that voice. You know, just because you can say one sentence in a funny voice doesn't mean that that's going to get you a job because you need to live in that voice and be able right. to have conversations and play scenes and, and do all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the demo, short demo, work on acting skills. You've all, you're also, or you were also in a band, um, no authority. Yes. And so does your music background, in addition to your acting, does, does the music help as well in, in voice acting skills? It, it actually really does, and it, and it helps in, in really strange ways. It, 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 doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily help, per se, on like an animated show, but if it's, if it's uh, like a commercial or if I'm doing a promo for like a network, let's say a show's going to come out, and I'm, I'm the guy that's saying, you know, coming up next on such and such. Right. Um, having a really good sense of timing from music really helps you lock in those pockets where you have to uh, get that speech in this amount of time and you have to kind of make sure that it hits with this picture mm-hmm. and, and, and all of that. that it, it really does help a lot. Or if, if you're doing legal copy and you got to hit this in 10 seconds, well, if you, if you have a lot of experience with timing from music and all that, it's going to be a lot easier for you to tell that 10 seconds as you're going. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely has helped me a lot. You're, you've mentioned that you're a huge Spider-Man, huge comic book f- fan. What are some of the other enjoyable characters that you've played over, over the years? Um, comic characters or just characters in general? Yeah, just characters in general. Um, let's see. Uh, I would have to say Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid 3 was, was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to say I had no idea how big of a following that series had when I did that character because I played Metal Gear. But yeah. um, aside from Spider-Man, I think the, the project that I've done both on, off-camera, music, whatever, that I've gotten the most fan mail from has been from Metal Gear Solid. Oh, really? That Dude, was, yeah, that was really, really fun. Are people recognizing um, you then? Just you know, standing in line at the checkout and, and hear your voice or something say, hey, are you? do you get recognized from your voice? Um, I have not gotten recognized from my voice. Um, it just it, it has it has yet to happen. However, I was just at Comic Con and I did get recognized by somebody. So oh really? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Like hey, that's Joaquin. Can I? Get <laughs> oh, sweet, awesome, cool. But um, yeah, I, I totally spaced on the question. What no, was no, the, it was just you oh, get recognized. Memorable yeah, memorable characters. Yeah. There's a, a Wii game called No More Heroes, and I played this kind of psychopathic mailman assassin uh, named Destroy Man, and I had uh, nipple guns and a crotch laser. Oh, so I, I really don't think I have to explain why that guy's off. <laughs> do you have, uh, you mentioned you're married. Do you have kids at all? Uh, I don't. I'm actually recently married. Okay. Married oh, well, congratulations. And I didn't know if you had hey. uh, uh, kids. You know, sometimes they get a kick out of their, their dad or, or their, their family member doing these crazy voices. I didn't know. Oh, what I look forward reaction. to the day that, uh, to the inevitable day that that comes. Uh, it, that's, that's still a little ways off. But, uh, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to be uh, picking up the books and, and thinking of cool and funny voices to, to read to my kids with. Oh, that's sure. excellent. Definitely. So be, besides Spider-Man, what other comic books are you reading lately? Um, right now, I actually haven't really been reading a lot of stuff. Uh, I've been I've been swamped actually this year. Um, but back when I actually had uh, a little more time to read, I, I really uh, one my my other favorite was Wolverine, mm. um, and uh, especially his his Logan Logan stuff. Um, and I think it was just that I'm not a tall guy. I'm five eight, right. and I always like to see short guys kicking ass, which is why <laughs> I like Spider Man, which is why I like. Uh, 
Wolverine. Um, I, I was a, a big Batman fan as well. Um, just uh, there were there were ones that kind of span uh, span the gamut. Uh, even even Watchmen. Watchmen was something that I had to. I actually had to read Watchmen in college. It was required reading. Oh, cool. And I'd never heard. Uh, I'm, I'm the guy that was a little and um, and I loved it. And when I read it, I was like, oh man, if they ever make a movie out of this, I want to I want to be Rorschach. Yeah. And my buddy was like, he burst my bubble, and he's like, well, they're already making a movie, and you know, it's already in the process. I was like, oh man, but you know what? Uh, James Earl Haley, uh, he he owned that part, man. He, oh, he did. He, he, fantastic. fantastic. Fantastic job. Yep. So what's next for you? What's uh, beyond? Uh, are you on hiatus now for for Spider Man? Have you finished yeah, up season two? Yeah, we're on hiatus uh, pending a season three. You know, waiting to hear about that, and uh, you know, see how how the ratings and stuff are doing on Disney XD, and see mm-hmm. how the DVD sales go, all of that. Um, so, in the process, I'm uh, I'm doing music for myself as well as producing for other artists, um, and I'm working on a, a couple of games at the moment. I'm working on StarCraft Two, and I'm also working on uh, on a Star Wars Star Wars game project. Excellent. Well, Josh, we know that you're a busy guy. We want to thank you uh, for taking the time today to sit down with us and talk to us about uh, everything that's going on in your life. No, thanks for having me. I had a great time. All right. Thanks, Josh. And listeners, don't forget, check out The Spectacular Spider-Man on Disney XD. It's also season one is available on DVD. And uh, check back in next time for the next issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast, because we know that you love The Spectacular Spider-Man, and we do too. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Think about a better way If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm Stark Raven, rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine bee in the Middle East with a king sign throwing soldier. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.